Hello and welcome to Red Tree Church's online service. We just wanted to say thank you so much for listening in today. And no matter where you are tuning in from, we love to stay connected with our online community, whether that's through our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, our Church Center app, or of course our podcast. And whether this is your first time listening or your hundredth time listening, we hope that you are encouraged and inspired by today's message. So let's take a listen. I started going, hey, what is up Red Tree Church? There we go. Hey, uh, it is, uh, if you don't know me, uh, my name is Andrew Kellen. I am the International Missions Director here at Red Tree Church. And it is my honor and privilege to uh, introduce you guys to some dear friends of ours. Um, this is the Harriman family. You'll be get to meet their kids shortly. But um, they're visiting us all the way from the state of Carretero in Mexico. And so, please, would you uh, join me in welcoming them back to Red Tree Church. Well, my guys, my name is Rob Harriman, and this is my wife, Catherine. You'll, like you said, you'll meet some of my children uh, pretty quick. If we go to that first slide, uh, we're not just two missionaries with five kids, but we're seven missionaries. Because we believe that there's no junior Holy Spirit, that God uses kids just as much as he uses adults. And so, um, go, if you go to that next slide, Catherine will tell you about it. One of the things we got to do last Christmas as a family was adopt a rehab house. These are places where women, specifically the one we worked with, are, they go for rehabilitation. They're there from four to six months. Most of these women have lost their children. And um, if you're, once you're in the rehab, it's more like a prison than it is a clinic. So... A lot of times they don't have things like shampoo or basic hygiene pro products unless someone from the outside gets them for them. So we adopted this house. There was about 17 ladies. We bought those types of uh, basic needs items for their needs. And then the kids had a time where we prepared cards for them. And we prayed and asked God, what would be a message that we could share personally with each one of these ladies? So we didn't write... 17 identical messages, our kids sat down and asked the Lord to give them something special for each lady. And it was a wonderful time. We had a, a meal with them, we sang, we shared a devotional, and then we let them open their gifts. But what was so amazing is when they read the cards and they read these messages that said, Jesus sees you and you're not alone and there's hope. And then there was a scripture verse. Many of these women just put their face in their hands and cried because they felt so seen in that moment. So that's an example of one way that our kids get to be part of what we do. Just an example of the next one and the next slide is, um, we had a call from a missionary and they said, we're building a house for the poor. And uh, would your son, because my son is pretty um, uh, handy, uh, be interested in help building a home for the poor? And I said, yes. And so we kind of, we dropped him off about eight hours from us. And we said, son, don't die. In the name of the Lord, don't die and be a blessing. And he was a blessing. It was really interesting. The, the team was from Germany. And um, my son speaks Spanish and English. And he said, Dad, I didn't understand a single thing all week long. I said, but it's, it's okay, son. We're international, right? And so my son had the opportunity to build a house for the poor. And I always say this. As parents, we need to put our kids in positions where they're not just serving themselves or even just our family or even our local body. That's great. But if we can get our kids serving the Lord in, in other places, they're going to remember this. It's going to stick through them for the rest of their life. And so... Um, He's 17 year olds. He got on the bus. 12 hour. It was a 12 hour bus ride. He they stopped five times, and he it was during the night, so he's afraid he was going to miss the bus stop. But luckily, he got home, and uh, I feel like it was a win win. He didn't die, and he got home, right? And so that's amazing. 
Yeah, so a little bit about where we are on the next slide. We work in a place called the Circle of Silence in the, in the center of Mexico. There's about five states that are less than 2% Christian, and we're one of them. The name is Querétaro. Have any of you um, ever heard of the ministry Voice of the Martyrs? Okay, it's a really powerful ministry, and for free, they, they provide materials to Christians about the persecuted church in the world. So on the next uh, slide, you can see the Circle of Silence in Mexico, where we're working, was actually featured in that magazine last month as one of the places in the world that is very needful of the gospel and to pray for the people who live there. And so that next slide, you can actually, this is a hello from our team. Our team runs around 30, 25 to 30 full-time missionaries from six, I think seven nations and four languages. We only do Spanish and English on our base, but we have some Swiss, German, German, and other languages. So it's exciting, but the problem is we are growing. Yeah, we're kind of running out of room. And one thing we want you to know is if we say we are doing this, that you realize it's not just Rob and myself and five of our kids, but we, uh, the programs we're doing and, and the, the things that is, are happening in our city is because of this team of young people that are partnering with us, that are working full-time with us. So we are running out of room. Um, this church has been responsible for giving to our expansion projects. Um, yes, yeah, so we have a building we've been adding on to. We added a front classroom that's already being used and now we're working on adding a second story that we will hopefully be finishing before you come again in the name of jesus yes amen but uh we want to thank you red tree because in this year you have given nine thousand dollars to these projects can you give yourself a hand thank you that's wonderful all right turn to your neighbor and say you rock all right, all right, so the next slide, we also have an opportunity. This is not very far from our base, and if you guys, some of you have been to our base, but this is just a, a short walk away. God's opened up an opportunity to buy another property because, listen, we are thinking, how can we fit more missionaries on the base? And this property came open for sale, and we are hopefully signing in the middle of October or late October for this property. So God is good, and he is a provider. Amen? All right. And hopefully we'll have some new places for you to stay when you come visit us next. That would be awesome. One of the ministries we're also working in is in rehab houses. Now, there's about 30 churches in our city and more than 52 rehab houses. Our city is 350,000 people, and the churches there are, most of them are less than 50 people. Now, some of them have about 200, which is like a mega church. Um, so you can kind of see the population of Christian Christianity is quite low, but there's quite a bit of alcohol and drug addiction. And so one of the things that we do as a base is we send people into rehab houses every week. So right now we're ministering to between 180 to 200 people a week, um, going into rehabs about eight, eight rehabs a week. And we are also partnering with churches and training them to send teams in weekly. So we're about, including the local churches, we're in about 12 a week. Now our goal is in 520 weeks, we want to be in all 52 rehabs. That's in about five years. So please help us pray for that. We're 10 years, actually, It'll be right? 10 years. We'll get it done sooner than that, yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so th that next slide is will be, this is a young man. His name is David Gabriel, and I'll let Catherine uh, talk about him a little bit. But we have, because we minister, minister in so many rehabs, we have them now coming to it. We have guys coming, leaving rehabs. David Gabriel was in 16 rehab houses. They're about five months each rehab. Can you imagine? And he wasn't preaching there. He was not a preacher. 
He was a client, all right? And so we believe that God is setting free addicts in our, in our city. And this is what the Lord told me. He said, stop seeing them as addicts and begin to see them as an army. Ooh, that gave me goosebumps right there. All right? So Catherine's going to tell you about David Gabriel. So this is David Gabriel. He just is doing right now our missionary training. We have a five-month missionary training. If you would like to know God more and to make him known, there's three months of learning and then two months of traveling and sharing the gospel. He joined that program, and he said in his interview, I, I don't know I might be a hopeless cause. Uh, been in rehab a lot, and I, I get better for a while, and it just doesn't seem to work. In his third week of class, we were teaching on Jesus as Lord, and he said, you know what? I've always asked Jesus to save me, but I've never asked him to be my Lord. And he prayed that day and said, take my life, do with me what you will. And so he asked to be baptized following that class. And um, when he came out of the water, I was reminded of his name, David Gabriel. David means beloved of God, and Gabriel means a messenger. And I was just thinking how all of his life he's been thinking about what a mess he is and how many mistakes he's made. But God has been calling him from the day he was born, beloved messenger. So join us in praying for David Gabriel. We know God has much more for him. And I believe he's going to be one of the Mexican missionaries that God is raising up to share the gospel in all the world. Speaking of that, I have, okay, okay. How many people you still use a calendar? A paper calendar. A paper calendar. Okay. Wow, that was pretty pathetic. You guys are How addicted to your How many of your, your grandmas phone. still use a paper calendar? Oh, there we go. Okay. Okay. So listen, because of, of we believe God's sending out Mexican missionaries, we, we are fundraising for our Mexican missionaries. And this is a calendar one of the girls on the base put together. And I said, listen, I said this. I said, I'm going to a church in Springfield, Missouri. It's called Red Tree. And they're going to buy every single calendar that I have. And Nadia from Mexico said, that is so wonderful. So you, don't make me a liar. Go to our table and buy a calendar for Nadia because it helps her be a missionary full time. The sale of the calendar is 100% go to Mexican missions and we scholarship others as well through that. Uh, one other thing we want to tell you about is children's ministry is so important in our city. 60% of the homes do not have a dad present. So we work right now three times a week. Our children's team is teaching the girls how to cook. They're talking about identity, and then they have a Mother's Day out. And uh, as well as that, we do different events throughout the year. So we just had a Pinewood Derby in the summer where they make a race car and get to race it. And in the winter, we do a children's choir in the neighborhood. And they sing songs about Christmas, but they don't just learn about baby Jesus. They learn about how he died and rose again. So it's the entire message of salvation. We teach it to the children. They share it. They sing it. And this last event we had, we had 800 packs of churros, which is kind of like a funnel cake on steroids. So it's 800 packs of four. So we're talking, what 32. is that? 3,200 churros. That, and they were gone in 30 minutes. So that, that gives you an idea how many people came through and got to hear this gospel message. We love impacting our community, but not just us, but the children of the neighborhood are beginning to share the gospel with our neighbors. So the, the last slide before we move on is we really believe that worship changes the atmosphere. 
and, we, and if when you come when you come down, we'll talk a little bit more about where we live and the spiritual climate. But we believe that worship, when we worship, it God moves. And so, in this last year, we've had several regional worship sets, regional worship. We worship in a park in our capital city of our state with over 500 believers. And so, God is moving in the nations, and uh, you guys have been a part of it. And we just want to thank you. All right. I just want to talk for a moment about the last words of Jesus. Have you ever noticed when someone is at the end of their life, those words they say at the end can be very, very important. And Jesus, right before he went back to heaven, he said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, and make disciples in every nation. That's called the Great Commission. And uh, Barna did a survey just a couple of years ago and found that it's down to about 13% of Christians actually know what the Great Commission is. They've heard of it, and they know what it means. And uh, so this is something we really want to be rem reminding one another about. In Romans 8, 19, it says, For the creation waits with eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. And this is one of the ways that we as sons of God are revealed in the world is when we go. And that doesn't just mean to go like we do when we go to uh, Mexico and work, but also wherever you're at, in your job, when you're in your neighborhood, talking with your neighbor, when you're going shopping and running errands, I believe God has a goal for each one of us. And so I want to talk about the word go in those two letters, the letter G and the letter O. And we need two things to be able to go. The first thing is we need to know that God is good, the goodness of God for the G. And in Luke chapter 15, one of my favorite uh, verses in the Bible or stories is about the prodigal son. And this was a young man who was really pretty entitled. And his dad had a lot of property. He had a lot of wealth. But this young man really wasn't that interested in his dad. He kind of just wanted the money. And he said, Dad, give me my inheritance early. And he was basically saying, I wish you were dead so I could have your money. And his dad gave him the money, and he went off, and he spent it. And kind of woke up one day in a mess. And that's kind of like us in our life. We, God gives us breath and life, and then we're like, hey, I'll take it from here. Thanks a lot. And then we wake up one day in a mess. Has anyone ever had that happen to you? And you realize, I need to be with my father. I wasn't made to rule my own life. I need him in my life. And so this young man woke up and said, I need to go back to my dad. So he went on a journey to return to his father. And the Bible says that the father, when he saw the son, he saw him from a long way off. So I love that because it means he was watching for him to come home. And he wasn't watching for him to come home because he was mad at him or to make him feel bad. He was watching for him to come home so he could welcome him home. And the Bible says that when the father saw the son, he ran to him and he hugged him and he received him back. And I think this is such a beautiful picture in the story. And you can see the look on the father's face. He was so desperate to get to his son. And this is, when Jesus told this story, he made a lot of religious people mad. Because in the Bible days, they understood that wealthy, important men did not run. And the reason is because men wore dresses. And for a man to run, he had to grab the back of the dress and bring it up like a big diaper and tuck it in. So you have his skinny chicken legs, man legs, running around. So an important man wouldn't do that. He would hire someone. There were runners that could 
run and take those messages. But in this story, Jesus says, God the Father loves you so much that he will run to you to welcome you home. And that made religious people mad because they're saying, oh, no, God, the God of creation, he wouldn't do something so dishonorable and so disrespectful. But God is so in love with you, and he cares so much about you that he will run to you in the middle of your mess. And it's not because he's mad at you, and it's not to make you feel bad. One of the reasons the father ran to the son is there is a Jewish custom called kazazi. And kazazi happened when a young man in a Jewish community wasted his father's inheritance. The elders of the village would meet him outside of the community with a pot. And they would drop the pot on the ground and break it. And that would symbolize the broken relationship between that person and the community. They could never return. So when the father ran in the story of the prodigal son, the second thing Jesus said that upset the religious people is that he said, first of all, God the Father would run. And second of all, they understood the Kizazi custom. This father was running to outrun the accusers of the son. And some of you have accusers in your life. And the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. It says that in Revelation chapter 12. He accuses you day and night and night and day. But I want you to know the father runs to outrun your accusers. That's how good he is. Can anybody say God is good? And that's what we want to carry with us when we go into all the world. The second thing I want to talk about is obedience. And we have to be willing and able to radically obey to go into all the world. And to go into the places that the Lord wants to send us. And this is, a, this is a, a picture of my family in front of a house in Panama. We were joining the mission of YWAM, and we needed to train for two years in Panama to start the base in Mexico. And so the, the base wrote me and said, we found a house for your family. It's very Panamanian. And in my pride, I wrote back, no problem at all. I can live anywhere. We're missionaries. Well, be careful what you say, because you just might get it. So we arrived, a family of seven, to this house that is tiny. It was like, gosh, just take a section of the room. That's how big the house was. And it had a concrete floor. Some of the windows didn't even have glass. If you go to the next picture, it was just cut out. And then our kids' room, they didn't even finish painting. I think they ran out of paint. So they put a bunch of random white handprints on the wall and names of people we don't know. And that was our, our new house we're going to live in for two years in Panama. And I remember thinking, I have made a terrible mistake. Anybody ever felt that way? Obeying God. You're like, I messed up. Because this is going to be hard. This is not going to be fun. And um, there was a basket on the table that said, welcome here, I'm in family. And Rob and I were, as parents, you learn this trick. Some of you guys in the room pay attention. Your mom and dad will fake it when they're actually not happy. So we were faking it. We're like, hey, isn't this great? Don't you love the house? <laughs> and there's this basket. I'm like, hey, there's chips and there's juice. So I'm handing out the chips in the juice box. And out of the bottom of the basket erupts 10 cockroaches. And they're like super size because the bugs are big in Panama. One crawls up my arm. We're like throwing the basket, killing the cockroaches. 
And I'm like, we have made a terrible mistake. We should not be here. And I'm a stubborn person, but I remember in that moment thinking, I don't know if I can do this for two years. And I looked in the bedroom, and my 12-year-old son, Isaac, is sitting on the bed, and he is not happy. And this kid is the most peaceful child I know. When he was a baby, he didn't cry. He sang when he wanted to eat. In the morning, I would hear him in his room. But oh, isn't that sweet? Isaac wants to eat. So I thought babies sang when they were, were hungry until I had four other children. I'm like, you know what? Babies cry when they're hungry. But Isaac was so peaceful. He, he was just that guy. So I see him and he's down. And I'm like, oh man, this isn't good. So I said, Isaac, buddy, how you doing? He's like, mom, I miss my house. I miss my grandparents. I miss my room. I miss my friends. I miss our church. I miss my school. He's like, I don't know anybody here. People don't know me. This room looks like a cell in a prison, and it really did. And he's like, I don't want to be here. And I'm thinking inside my heart, I don't want to be here either. And I remember thinking, I need a word of the Lord. And I had a moment, and I thought, Rob has the word of the Lord. So I looked at him. He's standing in the doorway. He's leaning in, listening. And I gave him that look like, you got it, babe. And he looked at me back like, no, 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 you got it. And I'm like, oh, you got it. He's like, no, no, you got it. So we're both like, nobody's got it. And so I just said, Lord, what do I say to my 12-year-old son so that he won't hate being a missionary because of all that it took away from him? And the Lord gave me these words for me, just as much as for him. And I said, Isaac, I think we have two choices. First, we can be really angry and mad at God for all that he's taking away from us as we obey him. We can just be resentful and bitter. Why? How many of us have asked, why God? I'm trying to do a good thing here. I'm trying to obey. Why is it so hard? I said, that's one option. The other option is God cannot take away from you what you choose to give. I'm going to say it again. God cannot take away from you what you choose to give him. And I said, Isaac, we can take everything we miss, our home, our family, our friends, my security, my pillow. I said, we can put it in our hands and give it to him as worship. I said, in church, we sing a lot. The lamb is worthy. Jesus is worthy. I said, but we don't really think about it. Jesus gave everything for us. And the question now is, is there something I can give him? I have one life to live. What am I going to do with this life? And I go, am I going to give him anything that matters? And I said, this is one of those moments that you get to say, Jesus, I worship you. And I said, in the time of the Roman persecution, there were kids that were 10, 11, and 12 years old that said, we will not deny Jesus. So they were thrown into the Colosseum to be eaten by lions. And these children didn't run. They didn't cry or scream. They got in a circle and held hands. And they sang to Jesus until the lions came. And I told Isaac, this is a true story. I said, Isaac, one day in heaven, you're going to meet one of those kids. And they're going to say, this is what I got to do for Jesus. I sang until the lions came. I said, then that child is going to look at you and say, Isaac, tell me your story. 
what did you get to do for the Lamb of God? Because the Lamb is worthy. And in heaven, you're not going to regret that you didn't have more followers on Instagram or that you didn't get to watch another huge episode of whatever documentary. What you're going to regret is, what did I give the Lamb on this short life I had on this earth? What did I pour out for him as an offering? How did I obey him? Did I obey in a radical way? I remember Isaac said, Mom, I want to worship. I said, okay, let's put our hands out like this. So him and I and Rob and the other kids, we put our hands out and we put in it everything that we missed. And we worshiped God with it. And there was no music. There was no lights. It was kind of sweaty. I could hear the little cockroaches running across the floor. That was one of the most beautiful times of worship I've ever been in in my life. And I just said, Jesus, you're worthy. So I just want to invite you right now. Would you close your eyes? And first of all, I believe God wants to give you a revelation of how good he is. For some of you, you need to know right now, he's running to you. He's running to you. He's outrunning your accusers. Believe it. Live it. Accept it. And for some of you, he's calling you to obedience. And maybe it's been a little bit painful or a little bit hard to know what to do. Maybe there's a cost here. Maybe you're missing some things. Would you put it in your hands and just say, Jesus, I worship you because you're worthy. The lamb is worthy. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. We just wanted to give a huge thank you to those of you that already partner with us through giving. And we've got multiple resources for you to utilize from to do that. You can give online, you can text the number 84321, or you can download our Church Center app. Again, thank you so much for listening today, and we'll see you next time.